Hi, this is Pastor Bobby Andage. Today we're taking up the subject of winning and losing. Our whole society today says, well, you're not really a winner or a loser. You're just all winners because you show up. God doesn't see it that way. Winners accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and losers reject him. After being born again, you can do it God's way and be a loser. Oh, you'll go to heaven. But what about your rewards? The rewards come from doing something right. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Turn to Genesis chapter 4 if you would. Uh, we're going to go to verses 1 through 7 and to talk about Cain and Abel today. But I'm going to talk about the subject of winning and losing. And uh, God has simply said it in this life that there's times we win, there's times we lose, but it's again by following God or not following God. I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, he, God offers nothing to us as far as salvation, as far as something we have to do, just believe in him. There's not any works attached to it. And in fact, you try to, to get into heaven because you've done what you consider good works, like going to church, giving offerings, helping people, giving to charities, things like that. And, uh, you know, having a successful business that, that saw people receive salaries and things like that. But that's often the things that people brag about. None of those works are going to get you into heaven. But we are saved unto good works. Once we get born again, have the Holy Spirit living in us, and we now have the Word of God, we can start doing things in line with the Holy Spirit, driven inside of us by the leading of the Spirit and by the Word of God, and we can have good works. And those good works could be the same thing. Now it's going to church, but not going to church to get saved is going to church because we are saved. And it's not going to church to try to get rewards from God. We go to, to, to church because he's given us these great rewards, but also there's rewards in heaven for what we did on earth. In fact, it says in Revelation 14, 13, that when we die, our works do follow us. And so these are works after salvation, not works before salvation. So God does have a reward system. And in heaven, each one of us will be rewarded different. What are the rewards for? It's for doing something right, not for doing something wrong. The Word of God declares in, in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians that when we go to heaven, our works will be there. And on one hand, we have wood, hay, and stubble. On the other side, gold, silver, and precious stones. These are all of our works since we became born again. But here's the point. And, and the wood, hay, and stubble is things we did in carnality under the control of the flesh. The things that are called here gold, silver, and precious stones are things that we did because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We follow the word of God. There's no sin in our life and we do it out of love for God. That is the gold, silver, and precious stones. If we do something in carnality, we're told in 1 Corinthians 11, if we get rid of it here, we confess it here, we won't be held accountable for it in heaven. So I trust we get to heaven, this will be a very light load over here on this side, that this side, which is the wood, hay, and stubble, would be very little. Because in most cases, you remembered when you sinned, confess this thing, get rid of it. And if I judge it here, I will not be judged for it there. But when we get to heaven, if there is any wood, hay, and stubble, along with our gold, silver, and precious stones, fire is going to descend on that and it's going to burn up the wood, hay, and stubble. But what will be left over is gold, silver, and precious stones. I love what it says there. You're rewarded for what's left over. You're rewarded for after the fire descends. And God is so good to send fire first and get rid of this and award us and reward us for what's left over. This is what God says. And 
here's what those rewards are. Things we did in life after we were born again that we did the right way, not the wrong way. In other words, God doesn't just reward us for showing up. That's become a big deal today. I mean, our society is so messed up and now we have awards for just showing up. And we don't have any more first place awards. Oh, we do. But I mean, there's some some sports that kids get involved in. There's no such thing as trying to say this guy was number one, you're number two. We don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, God simply says in the word of God, no, I want you to understand there's doing things the right way and the wrong way. And I want you not only to be a, a great Christian, I want you to be a first class Christian. I want you to be like number one. And there's actually potential in heaven for being greatly rewarded, as it says in Second Peter chapter one. So an entrance shall be ministered ministered to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom. I don't want to just go to heaven. I want to go to heaven abundantly. I want to have wagon loads of gold, silver, and precious stones when I get to heaven. Not because I want to brag on me. I just wanted to serve Jesus down here. And by serving him to the best of my ability, he's stacking up all these rewards for me in heaven. Plus, he's given me great blessings back here in life because of it. So all I'm saying here in this verse of scripture is, as we take a look at it, is that God's desire is that we follow after him and become the best we can be. And not to try to compete with other people, that's the thing you don't wanna do. But if you see other Christians blessed around you, don't blame them for your failure. Get up, confess your sins, get rid of the wood, hay, and stubble, and get back to serving God out of the goodness of your heart and love for Jesus. And pretty soon, the more you keep on doing that, you'll be one of those that people look at you and they'll begin to say, well, look at that guy, look how great he's doing. I guess he's better than we are, you'll have people looking at you like you used to look at people and you'll realize, no, this is available to anybody if you'll just follow God and do what he's asked you to do. I simply say this too, for those of you that are partners with me, thank you for, for this. It's not something that, you know, I'm forcing you to do or not. I trust you're not giving to try to outdo somebody else. I trust you're giving because first of all, you've purposed in your heart to give into this ministry. And next of all, you're even led by the Holy Spirit as to what to give in this ministry. And I want you to know something you're not doing it just to see people saved in this earth and, and become a disciple of God through this ministry. Oh no, we're doing it for something else too. When we get to heaven, he'll reward us for doing what was right. In other words, in heaven, there'll be some that will shine like the sun, others like the moon. And the Bible says after that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, others like the stars of heaven, no two stars shine the same. No two planets shine the same. The sun is the brightest. The moon is next of all the brightest in, in our atmosphere around us. And what God is saying is there's gonna be some that have great rewards. Those will be rewarded tremendously. Some less, some less, some less, some less. But here's the beauty of it. We're all in heaven. And yes, there's rewards when we get there. Heaven is not a reward. It's a gift. When you get born again, it's the gift of eternal life. So there's nothing you do for it. But after you get born again, there is a doing and that doing will be rewarded in heaven. So God not only gives gifts, but he gives rewards, the gift of eternal life plus rewards when we get to heaven. And this is what God wants us to again accomplish here. Let's take a look at Genesis chapter four, verses one through seven. Here it says, beginning in verse one, that Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and she bore Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she bore again and had his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a worker of the ground. 
In time it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground as an offering to the Lord, and Abel brought also the firstling of his flock and the fat of it. And the Lord had respect to Abel and his offering, but to Cain and his offering he did not have respect. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. In other words, he pouted over it. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why is your countenance fallen? If you do right, you will not also be accepted. Don't you know that? And if you do do wrong, sin lies at the door, is desirous for you and you must rule over him. It comes back to this. One brought a gift for the Lord that was correct according to what the word said. One brought one of his own working, his own works and brought to the Lord. In essence, it's a type of one coming to the Lord for salvation through a sacrifice, the other coming to the Lord through his own individual works. And the Lord said to Cain, after uh, Abel brought the correct one and Cain did not, he said to Cain, you can still go out and correct this. Look at what he's done. He did it the right way. Well, Cain took that as a threat that somehow Abel was better than him and he got angry and he killed his brother over that. But the Lord said to him, no, you have time to change this thing. And he says, go out there and now you go do what he's done and you'll be fine with me. God gave him a chance. I'm here to tell you in this lifetime, if you say no to Jesus and no to Jesus, or you constantly think you're going to get into heaven because of your good works, you still have more time on this. If up until the last moment you die, you can look around you and say, well, that person was saved. How did you get saved? By faith in Jesus. And here I've been bringing all my own crops, all my own fruits, all these kind of things, my own labor, and that isn't what God is looking for. If you come according to the sacrifice, God simply says that will give you eternal life. But if you've been coming the wrong way or you've rejected all this time, you still have another opportunity to change it. And Cain did not, in fact, turned around and killed his brother over it. And so it simply comes back to this. Look at verse seven again. If you do right, will you not also be accepted? You have time to go and change. If you do wrong, then sin lies at the door. It's desires for you and it will rule over you. And it says here, you must rule over him. And that is the, the evil that's at the door. You must take authority over that and then come back and do what is right. We know the story is that Cain slew Abel, the first murderer in the word of God and the first murder in the word of God. And so it comes back back to this, that one was a winner and one was a loser. Why was one a winner? He came the correct way. Why was one a loser? He came the wrong way. In time and eternity, there's going to be winners and losers. Winners are those that accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior and received eternal life. And losers are the ones that did not come to Jesus Christ, tried some other way. God sees there are winners and losers. Why can't we see the same thing? It comes back to it in life. We're constantly turning away from that. And today we're simply saying, well, you hurt little boy's feelings or little girl's feelings when somebody's number one, they're not. And so we don't want a number two. We just simply want an award for just showing up. And if you did good, fine. If you didn't do good, okay. But we're just going to say all of you, you know, the reason why you're here is because you just tried. God wants you to do more than try. He wants you to do it the right way. There's going to be a lot of people in hell that tried. But those in heaven did it the right way. And God is simply saying to them, this is what makes you a winner or a loser in time and eternity is if you come to me the way I said to come to me, or if you don't come to me the way I said, then you become a loser. So it comes back again. The way to rule over sin is this, turn from what is wrong and do what is right. If you're a sinner and you've never accepted Jesus as your savior, quit trying to bring your own works to the Lord. Quit trying to bring your denominational views. Quit trying to come and say, well, I've thought it this way and this is the philosophy that I was raised under. No, that will not work. It has to come God's way. Jesus said, I am the way. 
the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. I had some lady tell me one day that was not a Christian. She said, well, I believe Jesus was very open-minded. I said, I don't. I think he was very closed-minded. She said, what do you mean? I said, you have to be pretty closed-minded and to say, I am the way, the truth, the life, and nobody comes to the Father but by me. She didn't know what to say. She didn't even know that was in the Bible. She just thought Jesus was tolerant of every viewpoint. He's not. The reason why I said that is because it's true. He wasn't saying that to put everybody else down. He was simply saying, because it was true. Why try all the wrong ways? I'm gonna tell you the right way to do it by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So neither sin or other people made you fail. Quit looking at other people and blaming your failure on their success. There's no such thing as the devil made me do it. He did not make you do it. The devil can't make you do anything. And here's the other side. God can't make you do anything. Your will, your choice is in there. You've got God on one side saying, here's the right way. Here's the devil on the other side telling you he's got the right way. And God is the correct way. Choose God's way. Turning toward right is your choice. And then becoming a winner after that is your choice also. Also, the Bible is filled with winners and losers. God has told you how to win. Micah 6, 8. He has showed you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. What a great verse of scripture. The simplicity of accepting Jesus and then walking in the Christian way of life. I'll see you right after the break, right after halftime. Have you ever sinned and felt like you have failed God? Or have you ever gotten off track in your walk with the Lord? Sometimes it seems like a repetitive cycle of one failure after another. And sometimes the feelings of guilt make you want to quit trying. The devil tries to tell you that you've wasted all your time and chances to get right with God again. In two encouraging and restorative lessons, Bob Yandian examines the life of David and how he pleased God even though he sinned he then breaks down Hebrews chapter 6 to show us how to stop this illusion of failure. In this simple but very significant teaching, you will learn how to receive forgiveness, how to forgive yourself, and most importantly, how you can get back in the race. To order Get Back in the Race, go to bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
Let's get back to that verse that I just quoted, Micah chapter six and verse eight. I guess this Micah, it's one of my favorite verses of scripture. Every verse of scripture is my favorite when I'm quoting it. But this one is really one that stands out to me. And Micah 6, 8 says, He has showed you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. All three of those are choices. Here's what he says to you. Here's what he requires of you. Number one, do justly. That's a choice. Because you can do unjustly, but to do justly. Next of all, the choice, love mercy. The third one, walk humbly with your God. Again, it simply comes back to this, the way to rule over sin. As a sinner, accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. As a Christian, follow the word of God, repent when you do wrong and get back on track. Turn from what is wrong and do what is right. That's for the unbeliever and the believer too. The unbeliever can't look at Christians when they go to heaven and stand one day there and say, well, you know, I, I, I got the raw end of the stick. No, you chose the raw end of the stick. It's not something that was thrust on you. You had a choice. And just like uh, Cain in his life, the rest of his life, he had a chance to turn that thing around and did not do it. Abel made the right choice. Cain made the wrong choice, but in essence was blaming Abel for doing the right thing that caused him to do the wrong thing and became jealous and even killed him over it. And we see that today. We see violent tempers over the fact, well, he, he got first place. My son got second or third place. And, you know, we immediately want, then we want to do where they all, all awards and make everybody equal. There's no such thing as everybody being equal. No two people are equal. We are equal before God as far as opportunity, but we're all different when it comes to callings and, and abilities and desires in life and all the different things and, and dynamics of, of what's your desire and what's your drive in life. Everybody has something different. But again, we try to put everybody in the same mold and it doesn't work. That's communism. That's basically putting people all in the same mold. We are all different and need to recognize our differences. But when it comes to effort and putting it into the, in the, into the Christian life, God has rewards for us in heaven. So if you want your works to be accepted by God, come his way, not your way. If you want to receive eternal life, come his way, not your way. If you want afterwards to be awarded by God and receive rewards from God, then come his way, love people, serve them out of humbleness of heart, and God will reward you for that. You can't blame lust for your failures. I often have had people that committed adultery, so it was just this lust inside of me. You didn't, you didn't have to listen to it. One man told me one day, there's certain type of women that they just draw it out of me. Oh, it's the woman's fault? They're the ones pulling it out of you? Are you the one that doesn't just jump on it and stop it? I told one man who had had so many affairs and was coming to talk to me and, and ask, but what he was trying to do is get me to excuse him for it and said, I've always had this lust problem. I said, no, you've never taken authority over it. He said, well, these certain type of women draw it out of me. I said, you could have said no in every case. He got mad at me over that. Why? Because he was wanting to blame other women, blame all these other stuff and not his own choices. It comes down to this. You can be a winner in life or a loser in life, a winner in eternity or a loser in eternity because you chose to be that and God has placed it before you. I place before you life and death. Choose life. You can't blame lust for your failures. You must blame yourself. Neither sin nor other people made you fail. And again, I said it before, the devil did not make you. The devil made me. He did not make you. Even God can't make you accept him. And Satan can't stop you from rejecting uh, Jesus. 
and or or stop you from rejecting Satan and accepting Jesus. The devil didn't make you do it. Turning toward right is your choice, and then winning after that is also a choice. Following the word consistently brings success and brings maturity. Following the leadership of the Holy Spirit also brings success and also brings maturity. In our country today, political correctness says we have no winners or losers. We have no first and last place. But the problem is, is we do. We just don't want to recognize it. We don't want people to understand or see that our choices and our effort behind the choice is what makes us a winner or a loser. You know, in our own country again today, political correctness, they're the ones that are trying to walk in and take over, you know, baseball games and young people's sports and things like that and simply make everybody a winner and call them a winner. There comes a day when your child begins, leaves under that umbrella you put them under where you're always a winner, you're always a winner, and then finds out the reality of the world, I am not. I've got to put effort into this thing. I'm not going to get an award at work because I just showed up. And if I came here late, I can't blame them saying, well, look, I at least got here. No, you can't say that. There's a certain time you were supposed to be there. There's a certain way to come. There's a certain way to dress. There's a certain way to respond. There's a certain way to do your job. And you do that. And I'm telling you, you put even more effort into it. Try coming a little early. When my son was going to get his first job, I told him, I said, every day that you go to work, go to work five minutes early and stay five minutes late. And I said, don't quit work, you know, 10 minutes ahead of time looking at the clock, work right up until the last moment. I said, show up early again every day. And because the point of it was he showed, he showed up five minutes early. Most everybody was 10, 15 minutes late coming to work and he got promoted. And this has been a way throughout life. I found this out very early in life. Just be conscientious to come early enough and stay a little bit longer. Don't quit working, you know, just because the clock says there's five more minutes and you suddenly decide I'm gonna quit now. No, work up until the last minute. In fact, work a few minutes past that and then go. Again, we cannot all be winners, but winners can inspire losers to reevaluate, learn, and now learn how to win. We cannot all be winners for just showing up. Even in heaven, there are winners and losers, rewards for finishing well and loss of rewards for not finishing well. Revelation chapter 14, 13 says this, blessed are those who die in the Lord. That means Christians, those who are not in the Lord are not blessed when they die. They're cursed when they die because they've been under a curse all their life and never got out from under that curse. You are born under a curse. You are born in sin. David said, iniquity did my mother conceive me. Not the fact that his mother committed adultery. That was not it because she didn't. He simply said, when I was born into this earth, I was born in sin. I was born under a curse from Adam's failure. And we're in that throughout our lifetime until one day we voluntarily receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And the moment I do that, I die in Adam I'm reborn into Jesus because in Adam all die, but in Christ shall all be made alive. In Adam, all people go to hell, but the moment you accept Jesus and you're in Christ, you go to heaven. That's why Revelation 14, 13 says again, blessed are those who die in the Lord that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. I want my works on this earth to follow me because listen, going to heaven again is a great blessing and it is a gift. But when I get there, there's gonna be rewards for what I have done. So the going to heaven, that is again a gift. But once I go there, getting my rewards comes back to the fact I am rewarded for doing things right after I became a Christian. I don't wanna go to just, just go to heaven. I wanna go to heaven with a lot of rewards when I get there. 
I'm not looking to get first place in heaven. I think Jesus has that. But you know what? I just want to know when I left this life, everything God asked me to do, I did. I think I will be greatly rewarded in heaven, not because I look at myself as somebody great. I simply said, yes, Jesus showed me the way. The Holy Spirit gave me the strength. I found it in the word of God and just was a simple, yes, I'll do that. And God rewards me for that. Isn't that amazing? In the Christian life, anyone who obeys God can and will succeed. In our country today, anyone who follows rules, does not give up, can win also. So whether you win or lose, keep your attitude right. Your win did not cause someone else to fail. You caused your win. Your loss was not caused by the winner. You caused your loss. Guilt in the winners has caused the contestant field to be reduced and your odds are now better, so just try harder. What am I saying that? Guilt in winners has often caused the winners to leave because they now feel guilty. But you know what? That makes your odds even better because now it's gonna be with your effort, you can become a leader. But once you get there, don't start feeling bad because you won. Just tell the other ones what I did. Others beat me before, others were ahead of me. I looked at what they did and I started patterning myself after what they did right instead of blaming them or looking at myself thinking that I don't need to try any harder. My loss was their cause. No, that's just not true. So guilt in the winners has caused the contestant field to be reduced and your odds are now better. So just get out there and start trying harder. You can either resign to failure or take it as a challenge to improve. It's not the coach's job to put your son on the field and let him play. It's the father's job to teach him at home and bring up the skills in his life so that he can play. The coach is looking for a winning team and your child can train and enter into that as a winner. God put the blame on Cain for Cain's failure. He didn't ask Abel to get to back off and not try so hard next time so that Cain would feel better. Cain's anger and pouting was his fault not Abel's fault and certainly not God's fault. Abel did not need to feel guilty for pleasing God. God told Cain he could return with the right gift, come the right way, and God would accept him. You know, we simply need to tell those boys that came in second, third, or fourth place and are feeling bad. Say, look, guys, come back next time. There's always a next time. And between now and then, you can improve. Between now and then, you can learn. Between now and then, you can start to work harder and come back next time and find out it really does pay off that God made you an individual. Your life is not tied to the winner, but neither is your life tied to the loser. You can become a winner in life also, but there's certain things you do. You can become highly uh, you know, elevated in your company. Again, like I pointed out, just start doing some things right. Come early, stay late, work harder than most around you, work a little hard instead of looking for ways to slough off, look for ways to become, again, better at what you do. And here's something interesting. Every day you come to work, compete with yourself from the day before. I did this yesterday. I'm gonna add a little bit more to it today. Instead of competing with all those around you, start competing with yourself to make yourself better. And one day you're gonna find yourself becoming a leader and promotion will come to you. God always makes a way for forgiveness and restoration. Accepting responsibility for our actions and choices are the beginning of turning failure into success. Athletes everywhere throughout the years have grown stronger by recognizing their failures and learning from the winners. You can learn from your failures of what not to do, but you can learn from winners of what to do. 
as a Christian, as I look at the Word of God, there are heroes throughout the Word of God, but they're not heroes because they all started out as heroes. Many of them started out as weak and became stronger in it, and they became strong through the things of God. David had failures, but he also had great successes, but he learned from his failures, stood up after his failures, and asked for forgiveness, and David ended up being a man after God's own heart, not because he never made mistakes, but because when he did make mistakes, he stood up, dusted himself, off, learned from it, and got back in the race. After a race, two things usually happen to the loser's advantage. The winner rests on his victory. The loser gets over the shock of it and sorrow and learns from his loss on how to be better next time. It's simply that way also in the Christian life. Sure, you've made from mistakes, but learn from them. Yes, and you've had great victories in your life. Don't get cocky over it. Keep on working, keep on exercising in that area and watch God's victory become stronger in you each and every day. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.